0: If science tells us how things work, spiritual principles teach us how we apply them in our lives. So, when we hear something new and make a shift in our mind, in our heart, and in our body, we make room for wisdom to emerge within us. This podcast is created to help you and me to get to know ourselves more, now more than ever, as our global family is going through a massive shift. Because the better we know ourselves, the better we'll be equipped to embrace life's extremes. Each episode will have a guest or a message that marries both science and spirituality on topics such as mindset, health, personal growth, and business. I'm your host, Arabelle, and welcome to Being Human. Kate, thank you so much for being on the Being a Human podcast interview. I have been wanting to have a chat with you on here and finally you're here. So I'm super, super, super excited.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And also the title of this podcast is like the theme for my life. So I'm really excited to be
0: here. Absolutely. And with that, the first <laughs> question I want to ask you
1: is what does being a human mean to you? I'm going to say it means self-acceptance acceptance of all elements of what we are as human beings so the acknowledgement that there's an energetic part of us acknowledgement there's a spiritual part of us and acknowledgement that there's a very human part of us and that for me is what it means to be human is acceptance of all things
0: you know you're someone who i can talk about so many things you know not just business not just health and so we're going to try and cover as many topics as possible on this um, podcast for the next 60 minutes and see where this conversation flows and for everyone who's listening to this conversation this is definitely not scripted or structured and we're just going to see how it all flows so you're definitely going to hear what's being present for both of us and i think that's how we role in life and business anyway
1: yes yeah
0: if I were to ask the people around you to describe you in three words what would they say
1: Oh, I love that question. Determined, disciplined, mission oriented
0: I can see all of that. <laughs> I've actually known you for a couple of years now. Like I've heard about you. I've heard people shared your videos and stuff like that. Early this year in January, I came to your and Jeff's Mastermind and I saw you spoke for the first time in person and actually listened to what you had to say and it blew me away. I loved how authentic you are, how solid you are within yourself. Yes, we've all got stuff going on in our lives all the time, but then I don't know, there's just something about you that is so magnetic that it made me want to know, get to know you more. And obviously we're now working together, but having you here, it's just giving me the opportunity to dig a little bit deeper like since i've seen you online you know you've mm-hmm. gone through so much transformation yeah. like huge huge yeah. evolutions yeah. changes not just the mm-hmm. look but internally i can feel it i can feel it in your energy yeah. i can feel it in the way you show up and so do you want to talk us a little bit about like yeah. what's been happening maybe over yeah. the last 2 to 3 years
1: yes yes okay so I refer to myself as like the Madonna of like the entrepreneurial space because I'm always upgrading my brand or my look to match what's happening in the current, I guess, market or the current global situation. And I think what's important about that, and it's actually one of my areas that makes me quite a genius, I'm going to own that, is that I don't have any dogmatic attachment to being a specific way. So as I evolve and grow, I'm so comfortable letting the old, I'm so comfortable shedding the parts of myself that aren't who I am anymore and letting people see who I am now and it's going to keep evolving. I think that's actually the one thing that keeps me determined every day is I'm just completely committed to evolving in every moment. So the last two years I shut down a huge beautiful business that I had, a seven-figure business where we facilitated psychedelic therapy and plant medicine retreats in conjunction with somatic therapy self-inquiry mindfulness and buddhist techniques because i have a degree in buddhist philosophy and we used to run those retreats all over the world and then i shut that down because what happened was i had so many beautiful conscious entrepreneurs going how did you build seven figure businesses and i was helping them a lot and i was like you know what i feel like i can be more of service right now here so i closed my um, plant medicine retreat business down and I focused purely on supporting conscious entrepreneurs that want to use their business as a vehicle for change in the world. I, I feel very much like the phoenix rising from the ashes right now as we have this conversation and it's, it's been a journey. It's, it's been beautiful, um, you know, being an entrepreneur, I never felt that it would be highly spiritually evolving journey. Yet, you know, out of all the spiritual work I've done, it's been the most evolving, like spiritually, it's grown me the most. So that's, you know, here I am, not an end product, always evolving, definitely done it tough, nowhere near as tough as some people, but I'm I'm just rebuilding myself. That's where I am right now, rebuilding myself.
0: I can really see that. And, you know, one thing that I've always wanted to know is like, yes, you have a big mission and I know that you are super, super committed to not only just your evolution, but the evolution of the people that you work with. And I can see that. However, what drives you? Like, what is the driving force behind it? Because some of the things that you are doing to really upgrade yourself, they're not easy, you know, and for somebody to go through to those depths and to those levels of uncomfortableness, there must be something huge behind it. So what is it?
1: I feel when you've touched the depths of darkness within you and you've lived there and you've had a fear that you'll never come out, happened to me during the period of time that I was addicted to drugs and I was living on the streets. When you've gone through that, you know, and it's been variceral for you, you've lived in fear, you cultivate a deep love for humanity. So what drives me is my love for humanity and my love for them so deeply that i don't want anyone else to go through the same thing now i want to preface that by saying sometimes spiritual people say that and they become doormats they lack boundaries and they become people pleasers i am actually quite ruthless because in order for me to be the person i need to be to help people so they don't suffer i sometimes have to be tough so it doesn't mean that my love for humanity makes me a wet blanket in fact it actually makes me stronger because i want them to experience their own sovereignty Because the experiencing of our own sovereignty is so incredibly freeing. I believe our birthright is happiness. So if I can free them from suffering, even one person, one person, my job is done. It's done.
0: I totally agree. Like I once wrote down, I was literally just doing it because I was bored out of my mind. And then I started like drawing these little dots. And I was like, okay, this dot is this person that I'm fortunate enough to impact. And then this person goes back home and there are four people that person is connected to and there are four more dots. And if those four more dots, which is four more people, are impacted by that person's transformation and they're slowly going to transform and those four more people will be connected to four or five more dots. And as I started doing that, I'm like, oh my God, this work is huge. You know, this work is so important because as I go through my own transformation i started to see things that i've never seen before i don't know about you but it makes me feel like this little kid or this monkey with a coconut and it's like <laughs> oh my god everyone needs to know about it everyone needs yeah. to feel this feeling of freedom and liberation like when you liberate yourself from all these chains that mm-hmm. holding you back from your genius or your, or your potential
1: yeah 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 so so much yes i feel like The thing that I just want every human in the world to have so much is just the freedom to choose, just to choose what they want, because everyone's idea of happiness is different. And that's okay. I'm in celebration of our differences. But if every human being had the right to choose how they want to live their life, then I would die a happy human.
0: Mm. but the thing is a lot of people as you probably know they feel that they don't have the right to choose a lot of people say that i don't have a choice but to do this what would you say to those people who are feeling stuck or pushed into a corner or they don't have any other choice but to do this thing that they actually don't want to do
1: they can either wait until things get so bad they all of a sudden realize they do have a choice because humans are motivated to change when we're experiencing the worst kind of suffering. So what will happen is they'll either have to wait till then and choose, or they can choose now because there actually always is a choice, always. always. Like throughout my whole entire life, if there's been one thing that's been prevalent and I've realized it time and time again, I'm the hard learner apparently, I'm a slow learner, perhaps I should say, is that we have a choice. And often most of us are choosing mediocrity. Most of us are choosing comfort. Most of us are choosing to play at 40 or 30% of our full potential. And we're using external reasons as validation to stay stuck. But it's bullshit. You can change anything at any time. And I'm sorry, I just swore. Yeah,
0: no, that's totally fine. <laughs> right. I get really passionate that's- about this. <laughs> I know. No, I'm the same as well. And this podcast is the place for that, you know, and this is not the place to filter, although we will censor certain things. 99% of the time, we're not going to filter because I want the whole intention of this purpose is to connect with people like yourselves, you know, who, actually done the work and that's what I want to talk about in a bit who've actually done the work and who are authentic and who speaks their truth and people want to hear more about that and I know that you're going to trigger a lot of people because obviously you've triggered me before and which is why I didn't want to listen to you I didn't know that at the time you know I had all these reasons why whatever you were saying didn't resonate with me when I was ready to look beyond that and when I was in your field of magic then I saw that oh wow that's because this woman is really speaking her truth and I saw that there are parts of me that I wasn't allowing myself to speak Mm -hmm. my truth because I was so afraid of being judged not being liked and all of that so you actually helped me with that even before we said hello to each other so thank you for being you oh
1: you're (laughs) welcome thank you I feel like I'm I feel like triggering people is a gift I'm really grateful that I trigger people because people like yourself who are self-reflective and and me, people trigger me too. And I, I now, like you, we're so similar in this. I've learned to go to them because I'm like, there, there's something, like Dan Pena, for example. I'm like, oh, that guy's such a blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, I've got to learn from him. I don't know why, but it's because he has things. He's only triggering something in me I'm hiding from. So I will now seek out people specifically that, trigger me to find out what it is that they have for me i see them as a gift so i'm, I'm grateful for that and you're the same
0: a, a quote just popped up in my head as you were saying whatever you disown will own you
1: yes Yes. yeah and
0: exactly. sometimes we need people and i know that i'm i can be very triggering to certain people in my community as well and they will go to lengths to show me that i've triggered them but in ways that are not very nice but then now i can see that beyond self-defense because I have been in their place just haven't done those things to other people that they're being triggered and it's a good thing when they're ready they're going to look at it so that's the question that I want to ask and I'm not saying this to attack anybody or smear anybody's name but as the personal development industry grows bigger and bigger As we all know, in both spiritual and personal development, we see a lot of people who are teaching and saying things but are not embodying those things haven't really integrated that yet. Mm -hmm. And for me and for you, which is why you know we're in the same community and which is why I'm also learning from you is I believe in embodiment Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's something that you do so very well but in order for us to be able to embody what we're speaking and what we're sharing and who we are being right now from my personal experience uh, i've had to go through pretty challenging transformations not rah rah i've changed they can be really intense and Mm -hmm. horrible at times And I know that you've gone through those kind of personal transformations as well. So whatever you feel is relevant for us right now, can you share like what are the moments, like really challenging moments that you've gone through in the process of evolution and transformation? And how did you come out of those moments? Yeah,
1: great question. Hmm. Thinking that there's been a few... (laughs) The defining moment, if I really think about it, is as a child. Like it was one series of struggle after another. I I never felt like I fitted in. My father was emotionally and psychologically abusive. You know, he used to nickname me Gunner, and in Australia, like you probably know, this Gunner means going to do something. It's like colloquial slang, and so he'd be like, "Kate, gonna do this, gonna do that. We'll never do anything." And so his whole premise of calling me that and what he clearly communicated to me was that I would never amount to anything, that I had all these fantastic ideas, but I've never actioned any of them. So that period of my life from you know birth to really about 16, 17 years old, where I completely went off the rails. I just empty. I felt like I could never be enough. I was never pretty enough. I was never smart enough. I was never going to be enough for my dad. And all I wanted was his acceptance. Eventually I realized it wasn't his acceptance that I wanted. It was the acceptance of myself. And that was beautiful, but there was a bit of a piece in between. That whole period was difficult. And I was actually, I'm making a mini documentary, which is really cool for a launch of a rebrand. And I had to speak about that period of my life, and I felt I was actually getting a little bit upset because it's still obviously in myself. That led me to go on to a, a path of destruction. I got married at 18 and I joined a cult, <laughs> you know, as you do, right? Because yeah. I was looking for love, love, validation, and approval, and that's what they gave me love, validation, and approval. Then I realized that their teachings were incongruent, they were telling me that God is love, yet they hated half of the world, and I was like, oh. This is a problem (laughs) this Mm. doesn't seem this seems a little off here so i packed my bags in the middle of the night and my mum came and picked me up and i escaped because i I wouldn't have been able to consciously choose to leave and i I guess maybe that's why i'm such a stand for people having a choice so i had to escape and they stalked me for a while Uh, and then i i tried to bury all of my pain in drugs and alcohol and all of the things that people do when they live a rock and roll lifestyle and I ended up with a meth addiction living on the streets in Auckland. I was on the streets for about six months and that was definitely where I saw things and I experienced things that I never even imagined possible other than in a Quentin Tarantino movie. It was full on. And the only thing that pulled me out of that was my dad had terminal cancer. And so I came home and he passed away, but I was lucky enough to hold his hand while he passed away. And that moment faced me with my own life expiry i'm gonna die too and i realized in that moment if i continued down the path i was on if i continued smoking meth if i continued hanging around with people that were not good people that eventually i would be where he is right now much sooner that then changed the course of my life I made a decision to take responsibility, no matter how hard it was, for every single thing that happened in my life. And I went to uni, I went on a massive path, I worked with with plant medicines, I I looked for every single way to heal myself and to stop my own suffering, with the intention to heal and stop others' suffering.
0: As I was listening that there are so many things that I'm taking away, and I just want to share what I've taken away from your story you know there are all of us have gone through or are still going through a certain level of challenges in our life some are really bad some are not so bad but for us it's all real doesn't matter what the degree is and I see two types of people one type of people the group is they stay victim they blame everything and everyone else around them and they continue doing that and the other group, which you're part of, is you know, the group that looks at all these live events and takes lessons from it, breaks that cycle, and uses uh, use those challenges as an opportunity to not only transform yourself, but also touch the lives of the people around you. And that's what you've done. And that started with a very simple thing, which is a choice, right? You just made a choice, you just made a decision. But then after that, you stay committed on this path. But that's what I wanted to ask. I have had those challenges in my life as well. And I have made, I made a decision to transform my life and I started making changes and I am committed to my transformation. I am committed to evolving myself and upgrading myself and helping as many people as possible. And I am also human being. So then I slip and fall and fall off the wagon from time to time. Has that happened to you?
1: yeah all the time all the time (laughs) and Mm. i feel like the thing that got me through and gets me through to this day is i redefine my relationship with failure i promised myself that no matter what i would just continue failing forward Mm. and what that meant to me was really simply that if it didn't work it didn't matter it wasn't supposed to Mm. it wasn't meant to be at that time i was very much into like the secret and stuff like that but it served me very well and so I would just find the next thing and I would try that until eventually 10 years had passed and I'd, you know, done a course in miracles twice. I had a degree in Buddhist philosophy. I'd sat, gosh, I can't even, I don't even know how many plant medicine ceremonies. I'd worked with different, different indigenous tribes. So all of a sudden a decade of failing forward was like 50 years of self and personal development because I didn't stop
0: and i think that's what people who are watching and listening this interview that message really needs to land because a lot of people look at the personal development and spiritual development industry and they look for that magic bullet the magic pill that will transform their life just like that overnight and then hope that um, things will change and then they start blaming the people or the teachers or the people that they're following that their life is not changing it's a work in progress and it never ends right and then Correct. Like you said, we will fall off because we're we're all human, but then it's really important for us to not blame ourselves, but just keep failing forward, which is super, super important. With all these things that you've done, obviously you've changed so much. You look so different. You look super healthy and you look even more vital than uh, like six months ago. And you've done so much. Can you tell us a little bit about like what you've been doing in terms of health and vitality? And after that, we're going to go into how it's also helping in business and the people that you're helping with. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Amazing questions. So during that decade long, well, to be honest, it's been longer than a decade because I've kept going on that path is paramount pillar of my spiritual work, which I don't adhere too much anymore, but was Zen Buddhism. And I had this beautiful Zen master who was so so lovingly harsh to me at times, but he was my greatest mirror. And through being my greatest mirror, he was my greatest teacher. And he showed me very much that all parts affect the whole. And so when recently everything fell apart so it could come back together again, I was like, wow, what areas of my life am I ignoring? what areas of my life am I hiding from and what areas of my life scare the crap out of me? That's what I need to do and need to look at in order to help my business, help my family, help my life, help myself. And so I found them and they were health, yeah. <laughs> health, health and health. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. I've been hiding for that one for a real long time.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, you know, I think I used the excuse that, oh, well, you know, like, because I did work with Muji in um, Portugal I'm like well Mooji's not healthy like and he's apparently he's not? no he's very overweight <laughs> and he's addicted to sugar <laughs> he loves and this is his own um, I'm not that's his own admittance that he is addicted Aye. to sugar. He got some sweeties he loves sweeties and so that was my excuse right the mind finds anything outside of itself to be like oh I can stay here it's fine but as as I said everything everything affects everything like all parts affect the whole so When I made a series of really bad choices within my business that resulted in me losing a substantial amount of money, I lost a substantial amount of clients. I lost pretty much my entire friendship group. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm the context that creates the content of my life. How have I created this? And what what am I hiding from? And that was my health. So now I do crazy stuff. I run in the forest up hills every day, oh, five days a week, sorry. I train every morning. I either do sprint training or Chris Hemsworth's app, the center app, which is great. Yeah, it's really good. It's so good, you can do dumbbell workouts. So hang on, is it Chris
0: Hemsworth's training? If it is, then I'm just gonna get the app.
1: only featured in one workout, but the other trainers are also very good looking. It's fine. You'll be fine. (laughs) I do either sprints or his app. I alternate and then I run in the forest. I meditate every day. I eat only organic. I cook all my own food. I fast, intermittent fast every day. And once a week, I do a 24-hour water fast. And I'm very dogmatically disciplined because that is the context that allows me to hold the energy that i need to to do what i'm here to do
0: i'm agreeing 100 with you because that's pretty much what i'm doing just in different way you know in the way that i can and definitely you guys have inspired like me so much to do even more i always set my bar really high but then you know, when you surround yourself with people who set their own bars so much higher, I'm like, oh my God, I thought my, I'm setting my bar really high, but no, I can go further than that. I'm doing that and I, like you guys have influenced me so much. But when I'm doing that, when I'm living that kind of life, a lot of people ask me, are you not missing the point? Because your entire life currently is about training, working, helping people, watching what you eat, reading, learning, researching, you know, all these things. Where's the fun in that? Like, what about socializing? What about just being human and enjoying the humanly things? Are you not
1: missing the point? If people were to ask you that, what would you say? I would ask them why they're projecting their idea of happiness onto every other person. What makes them happy? Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm happy doing this. This, I have never been happier. This is my idea of being human. It's exploring being superhuman. Like, can I actually be superhuman? Can I be ultra human? This is fun for me. Going out and socializing is not fun. I'm introverted. I do not like it. I like a very small group of friends. That's it. No, I mean three, maybe three and I'm good. I'm good with three friends.
0: (laughs) Me too.
1: Right? Like it's sweet. We're sweet. We don't need all that other stuff. I get their intention. Yeah. They're just trying to put our idea of happiness into their box. And, and that's, that's only causing them suffering because I'm quite happy, but yeah, I get that question a lot as well.
0: And you said something about your life falling apart recently, where you lost your friends, a group of people, your business, you know, all of that, because you're not, uh, you weren't focusing on the health, but let's talk about the health part in a bit. But, you know, I feel that when our life is falling apart, that's like a great opportunity for us because that's the moment where we're literally stripped off everything that we think we're made of and Mm -hmm. we're being presented with an opportunity. But is that always the case for people? Do you think that that's like a spiritual shitstorm, or the spiritual awakening that people experience? Or do you think that that's like their internal saboteur coming out and sabotaging whatever good is going on in their life? How do we discern, have discernment between those two?
1: Even if it is a saboteur, once they notice it, it becomes an opportunity. So sabotage is also an opportunity. If it's falling apart, it's only a, a, you know, as above, so below, as within, so without. So with outside of ourselves, if things are a chaos, it's only reflecting the chaos within, whether it's sabotage or not, the key is to actually identify, oh, I'm creating this. I'm sabotaging. Oh, what's the opportunity here? So once we Mm -hmm. notice that we're presented with an opportunity, do we keep repeating it or do we find a way to work through it?
0: What do you think are the three common mistakes that people do that sabotage in their life, their business, or whatever good that's going on in their
1: lives? Like a perpetrator, victim, making someone else a perpetrator. So, the minute we make someone else the, the reason for our failure, we've lost. They own us. In that moment, we belong to them. And that's a very dangerous position to be in. So, I guess, yeah, perpetrator, victim would definitely be one. I feel like that's actually the most common in our industry and space. Next is like egoic, dogmatic attachment to being right and controlling everything. So if they're more committed to control than growth, they're in trouble. Third thing, when they're more committed to drama than growth, they'll create Mm. a new drama. Whether it's perpetrator victim, whether it's all of a sudden my car breaks down and all the money I was going to invest in my business has to go to my car, they'll create all of things So being committed to drama, being dogmatically attached to control and playing the victim. So being committed to anything more than growth is what people will, and that'll manifest in different personalities and different realities in a different way. But ultimately it's when one is committed to something else other than growth, they will sabotage themselves.
0: I really, really, really love that. And what I've been experiencing in my life recently is, you know, there's a situation that I don't really like that's showing up in my field. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, oh, why is this happening to me? I'm starting to feel like a poor little victim. And then I realize that that's, that was what I was available for. I'm actually creating space for that to come in because I was committed to that drama without me realizing because of the wounds that I have had since I was young, which I didn't know. And now that drama actually helped me to see. And so now I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm no longer choosing that. I'm no longer committed to that. I'm no longer available for that. And I'm closing off that chapter. And uh, but I think that kind of work requires constant self-awareness, doesn't it?
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely, and one of my first mentors, who um, there was a, a team of. Do you know no Ramdas? Yeah. There was, yeah. like was Ramdas and Ramgiri, and so I worked with Ramgiri first. And Ramgiri has passed on to the other realms at this moment, and so is Ramdas. Actually, they both passed. Mm-hmm. It. He said to me once. He said, "Kate, this is Earth School." He's mm-hmm. like, and if we look at it that way, if we look at it that we're in the constant state of observation and learning, life will be a way more different experience. And at oh the time God. I didn't quite understand but as I've gone if I look back over my life that's kind of how I see it this is earth school I'm at earth university like it's a list yeah. graduating from one subject to the next really
0: amazing all right so since we're in the earth school let's talk about a different subject (laughs) let's talk about business because that's also something that you are so good at you're helping people make lots of money build businesses but more of like conscious businesses that actually helps other people conscious brand I can see that you're really stepping up into that area even a lot more now given the current situation because a lot of people livelihoods are getting affected with the pandemic that's happening and so can you tell a little bit more about like how you help people and um, yeah what you're doing in that space
1: Yeah, yeah we really work with people that want to use their business as a vehicle for conscious change in the world that's the that's the bottom line bar if you're not interested in making conscious change i'm not available for you to work with it's very simple and then the flow on effect of that is we help people create movements because movements create conscious change once we've created a movement i support them into monetizing the movement and then scaling the movement if you think about for example and it doesn't have to be this and i'm not for or against this i'm not making a political statement the feminist movement infiltrated gender rights and equality in the whole world and then there's been different movements throughout history you know we've got the black lives matter movement you know they're infiltrating and they're making a change in our culture so what we really help people do is out of their message, which is them, their medicine they bring to the world, we're helping, helping them create movements so they can infiltrate the culture of the world so we can start to create conscious change and evolution for humanity.
0: Mm, that is so important. And I'm, I'm sure you see this all the time because I hear this all the time in my community. A lot of people come to me and say that, hey, I want to start a business. This is a great time for us to pivot and turn our traditional brick and mortar business into an online business because everyone's going online, et cetera, et cetera. And then they're all well and good preparing mm-hmm. and starting mm-hmm. and doing all mm-hmm. of that the moment it's about conversation about money they get uh-huh. stuck mm-hmm. they get stuck yeah. and especially in the conscious business because it's it's about helping people right mm-hmm. and if it's about helping people you shouldn't be charging money or mm-hmm. i shouldn't be charging money or mm-hmm. i shouldn't be charging that much or you mm-hmm. know all that stories that you've heard yeah. before crap. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i agree i agree However, that's just like so ingrained in all these, like, it doesn't matter which culture we're from. I think all of our cultures have that because I see that in all these people from all over the world.
1: What Mm -hmm. is with that? Like, why are people so triggered about money? I feel uh, this is a rabbit hole. It's such a rabbit (laughs) hole. Uh, You know, the spiritual community aside, I feel like as human beings, we've associated money with survival. And the minute we associate anything with survival and we start acting from survival instincts, we start to highlight the dark, shadowy parts of ourselves. And then we can start to hurt others and we'll do things that aren't necessarily what one would perceive as human for the greater good of survival, translation to get money. And so this has happened a lot throughout history. You know, we've looked at you know the colonizers like specific you know european countries going into other countries and you know completely dismantling them raping pillaging all for the name of you know conquering the country but ultimately it was money and power is what they were after so because this is ingrained in our psyche that if you make money you're a capitalist if you make money you're a colonizer if you make money you're a bad person because you're wanting to put your need to survive above mine i feel like that's what's happening unconsciously Mm. spiritually the idea that money is not spiritual is just linked to that because they think if you make money you're a capitalist and you're not conscious you can't make money and care about other people because if you do you're putting your survival above their survival because your desire to make money is more than their desire to make money it's it's such a rabbit hole it's completely insane money is just energy that is it that's it Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's a tool
1: It's a tool. It's a tool we get to use. It's it's, as Jeff says all the time, it's it's units of choice. It's not bad. Yet those who perpetrate the belief that it's bad, wherever that comes from out there in the world, have a lot to win when we all believe that money is evil and we keep enslaving ourselves by our own beliefs that we can't earn money. And if we do, we're bad because they keep all the money. If we want to swing the balance of power in the world, we have to heal the money thing and realize it's just a tool. That's it. It's nothing else but a tool. If we want to shift the balance of power, we must swing the money into those who actually kind of don't want it anyway. We're not interested in it for power. We're interested in it for change. Until that happens, the world's not going to change.
0: I 100% agree and I think that you know whoever's listening or watching this interview right now I'm pretty sure that they're watching or listening because they resonate with what we're chatting about and I know that it they have good hearts they have good intentions and they have this Message or uh, uniqueness about them that can change the world that can change the community, and mm-hmm. if they have these money stories that are holding them back, they really need to work on it right now because otherwise if they 're not going to make money and do good things, who will right and yes yeah, exactly. and. Those, <laughs>
1: Super, super important. So and you're so right. Oh my gosh. Sorry, can I just add like you're so right because if we don't, they will. And they've done it for centuries. So if we wanna continue on the, the capitalistic, money grabbing, like world that we're in that will harm other people to get money, if we want to live in a society where violence, rape, um, you know, where peace is something that's foreign, where people are manic and in psychosis, if we want to continue to live in that, awesome, let them keep having the money. If you want to shift it, start healing your money story and start making money so you actually have units of choice, not just for you, for the whole of humanity
0: yes and i think please don't hate me for saying this i could be wrong and if i am please forgive me but you know or being originally from burma and there being having a lot of burmese audience on this podcast interviews as well burma the and i'm i'm not talking about religion but the ma- like majority of people are buddhists and the belief of a lot of buddhists is that you shouldn't want a lot you know because if you want a lot if you want more than what you have that's greed Mm -hmm. and so that is also ingrained in a lot of us that if we want more than what we have that's Mm -hmm. greed and therefore that equals you as a bad person Mm -hmm. but right now the Mm -hmm. world needs a lot of good people more than ever And I think it's time for us to really redefine what it means to be a good person.
1: Yes. And like, Oh yeah. So please don't hate me by saying this. I, (laughs) I know that that's one of the, that's one of the precepts of Buddhism, right? It's, it's one of the guidelines and, what it looked like to be a good human in buddha's day is very different to what it looks like to being a good human right now you know a good part of my life was spent sitting on a meditation mat reading different sutras like chanting precepts a good part of my life and I love, like, I love my Zen master to this day. You, I, will, I will never not love him. He saved me. Yet what it looks like now, the same way as people are trying to tell us what happiness should be, we shouldn't do all this stuff. That's not being human. We need to quit telling people what being a good human looks like. Because right now there are people amongst us who are stewards of money. They're not stewards of money for their own self gain. Me wanting money has nothing to do with me gaining, it has to do with me restri- redistributing. So those people are still good people. They just have skill sets that allow them to generate money so they can redistribute it. It's not greedy. In fact, it's the ultimate sacrifice. So we get to redefine what it looks like to be a spiritual good person because 2020 is very different to back in the day. And and I feel that the fire within us is literally <laughs> like... I know, bro. Like
0: we're getting super feisty, but this is the... This is a topic that we're both so passionate about, right? Because like right now is the time that we all really step up. If we really want to see the change in the world, that change needs to start within us. And it doesn't have to start with money. It can literally start with health, just like you said, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Gandhi said,
1: be the change. Be the change you want to see in the world. Just be the change. Everyone has a unique set of skills. You know, some are good at business. Some of us are good at speaking. Some of us are good, whatever it is use that skill as the vehicle for your message and then become that message. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be money, but just be your message.
0: Yeah. I love that. And that's what I want to ask because one thing that you're so good at is helping people with their brand. But when I say brand, don't see colors and designs and stuff like that. Like there's more depth to what Kate does. And and, you know, you're so good at bringing that part out within people like you've helped with with that as well. So I also have a lot of people who are listening to this interview who are starting a business, they're pivoting during this time and a lot of people don't understand branding and bringing that message out. So can you give us like a little bit of like breakdown, maybe like three steps or five steps that people can actually do to start working on that area?
1: Totally. Absolutely. There's actually a really good little chart. It's called a prism, prism, p-r-i-s-m chart. It essentially shows all elements and facets of a brand. I look at a brand as just another person, another human, because I specialize in personal brand. It's very easy for me to look at it that way. So the prism chart takes us through different facets of that person, right down to the physique, to the relationship it has with the consumers, to it. It's self-reflection, how it sees itself, how others see it, it breaks it entirely down so that what I would suggest yeah. anyone to do firstly is go and have a look. there's a great article and I use this article to this day when I'm mapping out any brand. I've never changed it I always go through but it's getting clear of if your brand was a manifested human, if it had a physical representation, even if you imagine yourself as a different character or as a different archetype, what would the brand look like? What would it talk like? What colors would it wear? You know, who would it, who would its friends be? What would the relationship be that it would have with its buyers? How would other people see themselves in you? How would you make other people feel? Like literally, I did a brief stint studying theater and a method acting, Chekhov. And we, when we were like breaking apart characters, we would pull it all apart. You know, what are the little idiosyncrasies of the character? What are the mini gestures, the facial gestures? I do that with my brands. So I do exactly the same thing. I pull it all apart. What are my brand's values? How does my brand talk? What does my brand do when they're angry? How do they, like, <laughs> all of yeah. it. So treat it like a person. Do a character analysis and do the prism chart. And I will give you a link and you can just send people to the prism chart. It's very, very powerful. As you're saying that,
0: what came up in my head was, I think that was, probably early this year, I was doing breathwork and I was, I'm also in the process of rebranding my business. And I want to see my business a little bit more clearly. Um, obviously when I started my business six years ago, it was my baby, you know, it was Arabelle's little baby and I've treated it that way and it has evolved so much since then. And so now I know that I need to look at it and treat it in a very different way. I just didn't know how. So I was like, okay, my intention for this breathwork is to actually see that and have that clarity. And so I went in and then it's I've never had that experience before with business is I actually literally started seeing light in my heart and there was like light coming out of my heart and then there's this thing it was almost like what do you call it hologram like from yeah.
1: Star, um, yeah, Star yeah, Trek yeah thing, yeah
0: yeah so this light came out And then something was started like um, rotating in front of me. And I was like, what is that? And I started seeing a DNA strand. And then there was this voice in my head that was super clear. Like, that's your business but the feeling that I got was that it's no longer my baby. It was a part of me and it is always be a part of me. Now it is its own entity. It is its own DNA. It is its own consciousness. And now I am the custodian of the business. And so it's like, what am I going to do for the business? Because this business has its own vision and mission and what it's going to do. And so I'm literally employed by this entity and yeah. that's how I'm treating it up until that point. And so since you're the expert in this area, is that the correct way of looking at it? And I know a lot of people don't see it that way. I think that would be a good way for people to look at the business as well if it's like yeah. linked to the personal brand. Yeah. What do you
1: think? Yeah, 100%. So for me, the business is an organism. It isn't, it's, it's, a, you know, it's an adult version of my child. So it's no longer my baby. But it yeah. is something that has been built in re- in reflection of me, mm. and it's directly linked to the message that i'm I'm here to bring through. but I'm a steward of that message. Like I'm a steward of that business, It's its own entity, its own force. Mm. So I'm just to manage and navigate and work with the direction of that force because that force doesn't have hands, legs, and a mouth, and a voice. I do but ultimately it's an energetic force that is here to deliver a specific thing for this time and as you know we're at the dawn of the age of aquarius like that's the the era so i believe we all incarnated in here for that specific thing so with us came that energy so now mm-hmm. it's a physical thing it is an organism outside of us and we're just to steward it because we have the bodies <laughs> because it can't mm-hmm. do it by itself right Mm, that's
0: why that's why we always say like use our body as a channel, use our body to actually create that change. But that whatever information or message that's coming through is from that entity, from that consciousness, which is. Our business, so now that we're coming to nearly to the end of the interview, I just want to wrap up everything that we discussed because we talked quite a lot you know today, mm-hmm. and we talked about your story, which is really really profound because as you're sharing that, I could feel that within me you know what you went through and how you came out of it and the power and the courage that you had. We also talk about your personal transformation and evolution throughout the years, how you've studied with all these different teachers from all over the world for you to be able to do what you're doing right now. And also we talk about like your transformation with health and how you're helping people in business. And so to tie it all up, when you said all parts affect the whole, I'm like, whoa, that is so powerful. And so what I want to ask is, You making that change in health, you running the hill up and down, you getting up super early, you working out when you don't even feel like it, doing all of that. How does it affect your business, the people that
1: you're helping with, the people around you and in general in your life? It affects everything because it redefines my relationship with discomfort. So Mm -hmm. I become comfortable being uncomfortable. Love that. Yeah. yeah. Then I find new levels of discomfort and feel under, <laughs> And it. So it's like you said, nothing stagnant. So it's this constant evolution of like experiencing comfort and discomfort and then moving forward. And it, it's the same thing. How it affects my business is the more I'm able to sit in the discomfort, Of things, the less I hide from areas that need Mm -hmm. to be looked at, the more I'm willing to have the conversations that I need to have in order to move the business forward. It's the same in relationships. The more I am comfortable with being uncomfortable and the more I'm good with discomfort, the more I'm willing to make decisions that are for my own good. The more I'm willing to end friendships that don't serve me, the more I'm willing to have conversations with my family that five years ago I never would have had because it would have been too much confrontation. the whole point of exercise for me is to redefine my relationship with suffering and discomfort. So I'm comfortable with it because what happens is we go into fight or flight. So the nervous system kicks off and then we panic. So if I can stay calm when the body would normally panic, it's going to touch all areas of my life because we panic a lot in today's world. That's how
0: (laughs) I just love how you explain things super articulately. Uh so right now, I'm just going to give you three rapid-fire questions. Are yes. you ready? Yes. Okay, cool. What's the most weirdest thing about you?
1: I like Iron Maiden. <laughs> and, uh...
0: Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, I love them so much.
1: I like them actually... emotional <laughs>
0: Oh, I've never heard of them until I met you. And I was like, why is she making us do this thing all the time? Yeah. But then now, like,
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. What's the one thing that you're most proud of? My discipline. How I never quit. No matter how tough things get. No matter what happens to me. I just keep going. I'm resilient. I'm like a cockroach. I will never give up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. But you're not really a cockroach, though. I can see <laughs> Okay. Last question. And
1: um, if you could make an instant change in the world right now, what would it be? Return people's sovereignty to themselves. Give them the choice to choose how they want to live their life. Love that, Kate. Thank you so much for
0: taking the time to be here with us. Would you like to leave one piece of advice for our listener before you go? Be the hero of your own
1: story. People often go, oh, that's amazing you did that, but I would never be able to do that. That's not true, you just have to choose. And with that choice, the universe will move, mountain, that will move mountains for you to continue on that path, but that just starts with one simple choice. So just choose. If there's one thing you can get from today, just make the choice.
0: Love it. Sending you all so much love, and thank you so much, Kate, for your time and for your wisdom. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you haven't yet, please make sure you leave a five-star review on iTunes. That way I could bring more people to inspire you to live your best life. Also, don't forget to connect with me on Instagram. Just look up Arabelle Yee. Take care and talk to you again in the next episode.